Thank you for tuning in to IPU Podcast. IPU stands for Immigrants Pursuit of Umanese, the Kinyarwanda word for happiness. Did you know that next to hunger and thirst, our most basic human need is for storytelling? Here at IPU, we believe in the power of storytelling. Join us as we share inspiring stories of immigrants who found and are following their passion. We hope these stories will teach, inspire, motivate, and challenge our listeners. I'm Joshua Sandrali. And I'm your girl, Jay Tessie. How you doing, Judy? What's going on, Joshua? Nothing much. What's up, what's up, what's up? Man, you know, same old, same old, you know, doing the same thing. But I want to. What uh, same old, same old means? Same thing. What? You just basically yeah, repeated it. But whatever. I'm, Go ahead. I'm not. Oh my God. Can I just have my moment? <laughs> you asked me how I'm doing it. I don't even want to tell you. But no, uh, I'll tell you anyways. No, but I went to. I went downtown uh, San Diego for um, Mardi Gras. And. Uh, it was actually interesting. It was nice. Like we, you buy like this, the best deal ever. You buy, you pay $25 and you go around, you get 20 shots from 20 different places with like 20 bites. And I was like, what? And then after that, if you collect enough beads, you go to the, you, you get to go to the after party, which is at a club, obviously. For those that did not go out, I don't, don't tell my mother. But anyways, so, uh, a podcast in case you forgot. Yeah. But go ahead. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah so, but we went out though, and uh, I got to link up with some friends. On I wanted to do, they used to be, I used to work with the promoter now and stuff, and he got us some free bottles. Anyways, uh-huh. he knows some people, right? In the right he does. Places. It was a good time. What you been up to though? Um, nothing, man. Just living la vida loca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That is definitely La Vida Loca when it's nothing <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm definitely, like, in my 30s. Ah, I've accepted yeah. it. I'm okay with it. Like, my definition of a you good time what? is so different from, Look, I, I refuse you know, 25-year-old Judy so or 21. No, I refuse to accept that. That's something that people have said. Lazy people said it to give themselves an excuse, and everybody's taking it as a new thing. Oh, I'm in my 30s. I should be lazy Joshua, and not do anything. Just enjoy my time on the like couch. hundred percent when you're when you're oh. um, in your 30s. Like it's different, you know. Like to me, no. a good time is staying at home, reading a good book, drinking some tea. And people mm. think that's lame, but like that makes me happy now, and it's okay. You know, I don't want to go out. I don't want to do all that extra stuff. Like I'm good. Does it really make you happy though? Or you it just... really does. Like, trust me. Like, there, before I really like accepted it, I I tried to bring the old Judy out. You know, like I would force myself oh, to geez. go out, and I'll get there and I'll be so miserable. And I'm like, why am I here? Why am I doing this to myself? Until I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay for, for you and everyone else that feels mm-hmm. like that should just be enough in life i'm playing a little silent violin for you like a little tiny one i wish people could see it but this is my tiny violin yeah anyways no you can still go out after 30 no, years you, you def- i'm not again. saying you can't go out i'm just saying that's just oh. not my definition of fun anymore you know what oh, i mean okay. yeah okay but yeah, you, sure. I, I know you know i still have friends who are like late 30s 
Especially was, men. Was I feel a, like men never outgrow that. You know, they always no, just no, want to no, keep no. going. Was, <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't wow. know. Okay. No, but really. Man, just get offended on this one. <laughs> no shame, but really. I feel like the men, it takes you guys a little bit longer. Some never outgrow it at all. They continue. Like, there'll be those creeps that are like 60 years old in the corner. <laughs> wow. You know, but or it's, all, it's all be good. happily I mean, married and go out with their ladies. Maybe. That can also uh, be an option. Not, so much (laughs) you see them with like yeah people that are half their age but anyways funny enough that we're talking about the club scene and everything else because our guest today is somebody that had a passion of going out and found a way to make money out of it Mm -hmm. that's very true and I, I like how you just turn that around. Like you just demonize it. Now you're gonna. Anyways, today's <laughs> guest. Listen, you're taking da, da, what you want to take it. But da, 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 a promoter, and that is none other than the man himself, Roy Afrik, a.k.a. Roy, no government name. Welcome to IP Podcast. <laughs> Ronnie, welcome to IP. Okay, I am here, I'm here. Thanks for the- <laughs> a.k.a. who? <laughs> I said Roy, no government name. You know, so... Okay. Okay. <laughs> what? Well, can't be a real name? That's a real name. Yeah, you know, it is. It is. It is. There you go. It is what it is. How you doing, though? I am good, man. How you doing, Judy? I'm doing good. <laughs> Finally, up, we boss? get you on here. We're I, I, I like how I like how I said, how you doing, Roy? And he just kissed me like, yeah, how you doing, Judy? I'm like, all right, <laughs> that's fine. No big deal. <laughs> oh, wow. Just was yeah. feeling a little ignored. Oh. Just a tiny bit. So I came back to you though. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. How you doing? Well, well, we've we've had enough time to talk, but for those that don't know you, how about you tell our listeners who is Roy Afrik? Well, Roy Afrik is based here in Boston. Been in Boston for um, a long time. I can't remember how long, but quite a while. Um, <clears throat> I do a lot of events here in Boston, from uh, concerts to cruises to um uh, club nights. I don't know. Think of it. I'll do it. Basically, all wow. the events. Yeah. Well, that's what's up. So, so what inspired you to start with that? Uh, I was broke, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I wouldn't put it. I mean, just like everything else, um, money was the motive, right? It's like, it's like, how do I make more money? How do I need to make yeah. money? I was, whatever I was doing at the time, I was, I couldn't last at a job, you know. <laughs> Damn. I'll, I'll be very depressed going in at nine o'clock, leaving at five, like that. Eight hour window was locked down. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It took me a few years just to be like, man, I can't do this. I, I just I can't do this anymore, you know. Jeez. So 
Um, I hosted like a, I hosted like a little small gig. It wasn't a, it was a major. I made six hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, geez, you're like, I did this in a weekend, and at my job, by the time I think I was, my check would be like eight hundred dollars, something like that. Mm. Like I did this in two days, and I have to be there for forty hours, eight hours a day, five days a week. <laughs> to to make about the same amount of money yeah and the funny and the thing that uh the eye opener was like i can scale it you know what i mean right mm-hmm. i mean that was me not knowing what i was doing that was just me getting my feet wet like i found mm-hmm. a little joint i have somebody who's gonna bring in alcohol all i gotta do is charge money at the door you know wow and that was not even that was like maybe 25 percent of the revenue that the revenue that night made so that was the eye opener for me, I'll be honest. And I was like, I could scale this. I could just triple this money or double this money. Do if I do twice the amount of people, three times the amount of people, four times the amount of people. That means I could make twenty four hundred dollars. You know? Yeah. Well, but I couldn't scale my job. What I was doing for a job for for a living, I couldn't scale it. It was mm-hmm. gonna be eight hundred dollars from the beginning of the year to the end of the, to the, to the end of the year. Jeez. <laughs> No room for growth type stuff. No, like, you know, you're going to get a raise or bonus here and there. Yeah. You know, but it's not a weekly or monthly or by, you know, bonus. Or you you get a bonus annually, if I'm not wrong, or quarterly or whatever it is. Yeah, that's if you that's that's if you work for one of those companies. Usually it's like annually, you know? And if you get a mm-hmm. promotion or you some sort of, you do, you do some, some they really like, like, oh, we're going to give you a, we're going to give you a bonus. But that's a mm. one-time check. It's not yeah. a continual. It's not like you're gonna see that in your next year in your checks or something, you know. Yeah. Anyhow, that was that's what did it for me. The fact that I could scale it. Um, you know, the more I put in, the more I get out, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, if I sat on my ass, I was not gonna make any money. Mm-hmm. If I got off my ass and did some work, I was gonna make some money. Yeah. That was it. So. I woke up one day and I was like, I remember my my last uh, operations manager's name was uh, what was his name uh, Jamie. Uh huh. I am out. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you so you can do the promotion the promotional stuff full time. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it has worked, you know. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're eating up too much of my time. Like Ooh. he was eating up eight hours of my time, forty hours a week. <laughs> I mean, bro, like. <laughs> You're eating up too much. You're not paying me enough for it. And he was like, okay, I would, we'll pay you a little more. I'm like, you can't pay me enough. You can't pay me enough. To stay. <laughs> Even, and to be honest, for the freedom I was going to have working for myself. Yeah. Um, and the money he was offering me, he couldn't pay me enough for the freedom. I think that was the deal breaker between everything else. Now, was this was this before before or after college, or during? No, after. After. Yeah. Oh man, this is a time when I had real responsibilities too, man. I had an apartment. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I had an apartment. You know, I had a car, like insurance to pay, cell phone bills. You know, but. So st- so let's let's rewind. Let's go back, right? So you come here. 
did you have a passion? Did you know what you wanted to do in college? No, not, no, not really. Okay. So you go to school. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. You go I, to school I went to school and I left school, right? Like I left, I went to school and then I left school. Okay. So you, you kind of took a break. Long ass break. (laughs) 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 Okay. So you take a break, you're just working, you know, regular jobs. Let's just say like let's just say like you I dropped out for like a long ass time, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you drop out, you're doing a regular job, you know, and it's not paying you enough. And it sounds like you already knew you never wanted to really work for anyone, because that's from what you're saying, you just do not like the whole clocking in, clocking out, and just, you know, your eight hours being taken away from you, you just, that was not you, and you knew that, but you just didn't know what you wanted to do. Exactly. I didn't know what, what ex- I didn't have anything that could motivate me enough to take me out of that comfort zone, right? Okay. I feel like the whole eight hour thing was going, it was just, it was a job to survive. It was a mm-hmm. survival. Like I had to survive, and, um, and that job for me was just to survive, nothing more. Yeah, it was, it was like, not passion, it was nothing behind it, no passion behind it whatsoever. Okay, that's like everybody else out here, though. I understand what yep. that means. Make a trying to pay the bills, pay your yeah. car, pay your apartment because I'm not definitely going back to mom's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't have that at the time because you know you're a young man dating and all that. So, okay, you know, yeah, I, I know that you used to go out a lot, right. So is it was it like yeah, a no, one? We 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 used, we to, go used to go out a lot. <laughs> thank you, that, thank you for correcting that part. That's great. <laughs> but it's not about me right now, okay? So, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, gotcha. So um, and I feel like you already knew you were good at promoting because even before you started it, I remember your phone used to be blowing up all the time. Hey, what's going on tonight? Da, 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 what are we doing? So at what point did you realize, okay, I'm actually really good at this. I can make money out of it. Um, you know, my, my people skills, I think, have been good for a while, you know. I think I, I get along with people. People get along with me. And I don't know what it is. Somehow, I just know things, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. I just know what's going on. Like, Roy, what's happening? I'm like, well, this is happening, and this is happening, and that is happening. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I think that's just, I was the, I just knew things, you know? How? I don't know, but I, I just know things. Oh, it's like the, and, the hard knock people, life. Huh? Hard knock life, per se. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm, you could call me aware, you know, I'm a walk. I gotta ask this part you talked about you know after you took the extended break from school you know and, and you said you know you were working you couldn't move back in with moms other than the fact you know that you know you was a young man you know getting up in the world how, how did the moms feel about you dropping out how did the family feel about you dropping out? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, nobody really gave me the opinion about how how they felt about me now going to school. But every time they would see you, like, hey, are you back in school yet? <laughs> 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 like, 
they threw little jabs at you. Yeah, they were, they were mentioning that, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, or whatever. Like, oh, are you what are you doing now? Like, yeah. like everything else you're doing is not <laughs> like everything else you're doing is not important. But oh, you, you, yeah. oh that's great. Oh, okay. You do, oh, that's great. But but are you back in school? I'm like, do you just hear everything else I just said I'm doing? Oh wow. But 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 to, I guess to kind of answer what they were asking, why did you never go back? If you don't mind me asking, why did I never go about to school? Yeah, I just still I just hadn't found anything that I thought was I hadn't I hadn't really given a real thought to figure out what is it that I wanted to go to school for, mm-hmm. other than just going to school for the record. Oh, okay, I see what it is. You know, I, but I feel like that's then, some, yeah. As time went on, I figured it out. I was like, you know what? I like business. Yeah. You know, I like business, and um, signed out of business school. But but I agree with you. There's, there's a lot of us that go out. You know, you start school thinking. Like for example, I'm kind of the guy that came to the states. You know, did high school, did college, and I thought I wanted to do architecture for the longest time. But then you mm-hmm. come to realize. I mean, it's not there. Are, there are people that already know what they want to do in life. You know, at a young age. But at the same time, you have some of those people, the few of us, that really, we don't really know what we want to do, you know? And I took that break too, but I'm hoping that break is ending soon. But it's How long is that break? <laughs> that break's been about five years. But yeah. No, you dropped, you dropped out, son. You dropped out. <laughs> five years, the limit to be dropped out. If your break exit goes beyond two years, you drop. Out. Uh, no, but but I, I figured out what I wanted to do, and it's business management, you know, and I'm gonna go to school for it finally. Once I'm done with this job, I'm doing. But it's just I, I feel you though know, what you're saying is a lot of times you end up in that position where I mean families ask you, you back in school yet. Yeah. I mean, even now. Granted, I have a job that pays really good, pretty good actually, and I still get to hear the family say, "Oh well, well, have you started taking classes yet?" I'm like, "Uh, yeah, those classes. So about the classes, they're coming up, right? Just give me some time." And I, and I don't, I don't like the whole pressure thing. I don't know where I was going with this whole thought process. I have no idea, Joshua, because I have this is no not idea. about your interview. Um, yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> I, I can relate to him though. That's why it was. I really can relate to what he was saying. That's why. Um, no, I think what Josh was trying to say that um, he dropped out of school too, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone. Basically, <laughs> he was comforting you <laughs> along the way. He's been making a lot of excuses. Um, <laughs> but this is turning into oh, a, a Joshua intervention. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> But Ronnie, but, so but I understand. I really do understand what you're coming from. I mean, I think there's a lot of people right now uh, with a crazy amount of debt and not doing and now not in careers they went not in careers they went to school for. Uh-huh. Um, and just because there was a lot of pressure for them to go into that particular field, but it wasn't their choice. Uh-huh. Once they have a little bit of freedom, you know. They, you find them in call centers and all these things. Like, dude, you you went to medical school. What the hell? How did you? How did you, you know, 
Call center though, geez. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. It's, the it's, jab. Shout out I, I, to I, all I, I the call find, center people. I couldn't find any, anything as extreme, you know. Yeah. <laughs> tell you like, you yeah. spent $80,000 to go to medical school and you applied, you finally got admitted into some sort Ooh. of some school and um okay. and um I'm doing an interview. So and um what was that what was that anyway? I lost my chain of thought. Um <laughs> you spend all this money to go to medical school and yeah, and then they end up to doing something totally different, like not even close to to whatever they want, where they spend their money, you know, all just because of the pressures, you know, from from whatever they from where they come from, and I, it's, sometimes it's not fair. It's not. Um, but so okay, finally you decide to start doing the whole promoting thing full time, right? So that had mm-hmm. to be scary, first of all, because you had responsibilities. Even though the eight hundred dollar check was small, but it was always a guarantee, and it was consistent, yeah. right? So the promotion thing is not very consistent because sometimes people come out, sometimes they don't. How were you able to supplement that? And then um, another question for you is: everybody, I- I'm sure there's a lot of people who are people that like to be out and you know going out and being paid for it. Like that's a dream job for some people. But how do you come from just being a club goer to actually being a promoter and making money out of it. Like what are the steps that you took to be able to start the business and be able to sustain it and be as big as you are now? Well, the easy part is that if you're one of them, you know, if you're one of the club goers, you kind of know, you kind of have to, you know, you, you can do a study on yourself if you can, because you can figure out what is it that attracted you to go to those particular places. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you realize you, I wasn't there by myself. There was three, four, six hundred other people there. Clearly what they, something they liked, I liked. So that's how we end up in the same place. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So, uh, you know, it's it just like a, just attention to detail, you know, and there's so much and there's, there's so many, the market is so big and there's so many markets within markets. Right. So you kind of got to carve your own path. And there's a lot of competition in these kind of things. So for you to stay competitive and have your own niche market, so that way, even if there's a 10 parties around you, you can still survive and do well. Uh, uh-huh. It's just really just figuring out what is it that you can offer that's different from everybody else, but also have something in common that you do not... Um, you do not um, kind of like you do not isolate certain 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 markets. You know what I mean? You don't ignore them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's, it, obviously you can't be. You're not gonna say you're gonna mix Africans and Latinos and Asians. I mean, that's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do a black party, like all black people, you know, what you're gonna do is offer some good reggae, some hip hop, nice mm-hmm. ambience, some good customer mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. And that might be a difference between you uh, sustaining some, keeping some of those people for a long time, and um, and, and kind of having your own, carving your own way within that all that noise, you know. 
What, what, what do you think what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you though whether it be as a as a african-american per se promoter or as a i don't know i, I don't want to call you up and coming because you've been you've been in the game for a while but, but let's just say as an african-american promoter what's what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you so far whether it be from the time you from the very beginning of, of when you started or today you know i just trying to plan stuff so, I don't know the demographics of Boston. Right? Boston is a very white, it's a very white community, right? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Unlike the South, I don't know how the Midwest is set up. Yeah. Where there's a lot of owners that are that are black, right? Uh huh. Boston is mostly owned by white people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you basically, if you're going to go take somebody's venue, you're mostly going to be white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's always that stigma that, you know, uh, black people are rough. They're going to fight, shoot each other. They're going to, you know, and, and these Jeez. licenses, these uh, clubs licenses are very expensive. We're talking about mm-hmm. $400,000 to, mm-hmm. to be downtown. And mm-hmm. if they have a if they have a major incident, they're closing you down. Wow. So... They have to be very careful on who they allow to come into their venues and use them. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that is the tough part. Is who you, who's gonna who's gonna open up and give you the doors? Yeah. To give a key, give the, a key to their doors and say, "Here, go do whatever you need to do, and let's make sure it's mutually beneficial to all of, to, to both of us. That you're gonna have a great event." No issues. You're not gonna shut me down because I because I trusted what you're telling me. Hmm. Um, so you know, but my reputation has been good for over over these years. I haven't had any issues, um, and I do have a lot, I have a lot of great references over the over the years that uh, that buck me up. Mm. So that is the hard the hard part is finding venues, and actually, if you find a venue talking to management and then them feeling that you know what we can we can trust this guy and we're gonna want to we can trust his crowd that he's gonna bring in that they're gonna um just worry about having a good time and going home. But so as 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 the promoter, I mean you can't you can only control what you can't basically you can't control what I decide to do as a as a as an event attendee per se, you know? So how, how do you try to minimize those risks so that, you know, you don't have those shootouts? You don't have those, those uh, I don't know why it went straight to shootouts. I was watching the news. No, but anyway, but you, know, you don't have those fights. You don't have all those things, you know? No, I, I, I get what you mean. But, you know, yeah. the, the, you kind of like, when you create your marketing tools, and Judy will probably understand this because you, you're a marketing person. When you create mm-hmm. your marketing tools, you can kind of, um, you kind of pick, pick your target market, who you're going after, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I can see here and create a flyer and I know who I'm going after just by based on the flyer that I'm creating, the images I'm using, the colors I'm using, and, and um, the content on the flyer, you know? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I tend to go after young professionals, you know? Yeah. Uh, people that are really mine don't want to be around such environments. Mm-hmm. You know, and when they show up, 
I kind of restrict them. Like dress codes are mandatory in my in my events, for instance. Mm-hmm. Right. If you see the images that I post up um, on my social media, they kind of reflect the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys um, all suited up and looking good. Exactly. So not that I don't have people that are underdressed, but I'm not gonna post those be those images because mm-hmm. that's not a message I'm not trying to send out. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So it's kind of like a training, right? You train people how you, what you expect. And if they don't feel like coming to you that particular day because they're underdressed, they're going to go somewhere else. But when they feel like they want to dress up, they'll come to me. And there's a lot more people that want to do that. Um, And those are people that I want. Nice. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So looking back, well, now I want to say looking back, if you, if you were, if you're to, no, that's not the question. I was gonna ask a different question. Did you did you have anybody? Did you have anybody like mentoring you as you were starting up? I mean, other than simply, mm-hmm. uh, simply, you know, trying it out and making the first six hundred dollars and be like, you know what, I quit. You know, did you ever have somebody like looking out for you, helping you out through the process in the very beginning? No, you know, I just made random visits to um different nights that I like to go to. Uh huh. Um, it was so funny that when I was going out, I was looking for different things when I was going out. Then when I started doing events, mm-hmm. I was also then also looking for different things. Um, mm. So I just went out to different places, different venues, even places I've never been to, just just to see who is doing what and what stands out. What what makes them, um, what what makes their party so successful? Um, yeah. Is it the DJ? Is it the promoter? Is the promoter so good? Yeah. Uh, is it a venue that's so nice that it's going to sell itself, whether it's a promoter or not? Uh-huh. Um, you know, those kind of things. And there's some venues that are obviously easy to sell, you know? Like what? The lo- like the location could be very great, or they got free parking, or, you know, kind of things. Oh, like okay, that. okay, that's what you and mean. And in some venues where, you know, there's no parking. you got to pay $35 before you even get into the club, before you, <laughs> you know? By the time you enter the club, before you even buy one drink, you already spent fifty dollars. I don't like that. You know, so those those venues are gonna work out, but for a different market. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then you're gonna find venues where it's free parking, mm-hmm. and people are not willing to pay fifteen dollars to get in mm-hmm. because the venue is whack. The venue is not to that same standard. Mm-hmm. But they'll pay you. They'll be full too. They have their own market. Yeah. So. Me, for instance, I'm located downtown Boston. Mm-hmm. It's one of those venues where before you get into the club, before you buy your first drink, you spend $50. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we are downtown in the theater district. Jesus. You know? So, you know, different different venues, uh, different locations, different markets. It's just it's what it is. But no, for the answer to your question, no, I didn't have any particular mentors. I just kind of learned, learned as I went as I as I went on. Oh wow, okay, self made basically is what you're saying. Self made, baby, self made. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ronnie, uh, what is what is the exit plan? I mean, you can't 
do the whole promoting thing forever. You are getting a little older, and like we were just discussing. Shade, you know, no, no, no. Shade. But listen, I'm just. This is just a question. Yeah, don't speak for me. Don't speak for me, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long can one person do the promoting um, thing? How long can you do the club thing? Like, does it ever get old? Do you ever wake up some some days and you're like, I really don't feel like going out tonight, but I have to. Oh, it's yeah. my I, job. I, I do, you know, but once I'm there, it's not as bad as going, you're waking up, going to your, to your job where, where are you, Judy? You know? I actually love my job. I'm blessed to have a job that I like, but so, okay. So now it has become like a job where you, you sometimes feel like, uh, I don't feel like going. And on those nights, do you have people that work under you that can go instead of you or how does it work? Yeah, I do have, I do have teams of people that work under me. Um, and um, yeah, sometimes it is hard. Like uh, you know, it's very hard to. Sometimes it's hard to leave the house. Right. What? Um, okay. I don't know how that feels yet. So, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. It's sometimes it's hard to leave the house because it's got. Uh, but, but once I once I leave the house, I'm mm-hmm. good. Once I once I leave the house, the tough part is leaving the house. Okay. Right? Um. But um, like right now, there's an event start started right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not there. I might go, I might not go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but are I have, you still going to get paid regardless, though, or do you yeah, get yeah, paid I, based I, on whether you're sure? Yeah, I have. I would know everything that goes on, like on my phone, like until. Oh, okay. You know, and then um, also I've noticed that you have a lot of celebrities come through at your events. How do you yeah. get in touch with those people? Like how? And are those events more obviously they're more expensive? But do you how how do you determine? Okay, this event needs a celebrity. This event doesn't. We can do without one. Um, it, it, kind of to be honest, if you're getting six hundred people every day, and then whatever, you don't need to inject any excitement in it because it's working, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Once it goes from six hundred to three fifty for the last couple of weeks, then you know you gotta create that excitement back. Got it. Uh-huh. You know, okay. so then you inject a little bit of money, get some excitement back. Guess who's in the house this week? Blah blah blah. Then, you know, you're overflowing all of a sudden for the next couple of weeks. So once that is happening, um, you know, then you got to do that. You got to be on. You got to be on top of that. You can't wait until nobody's showing up to to get cause them excited. Then, mm-hmm. then that is failed. You know, so that's those are some of the things. Oh, it's just simply somebody's in town. You know. Okay. If I'm here and I get a call, I'm like, hey, guess who's in town? Diddy's in town. I'm like, oh, great. Uh, what is he doing after? Like, oh, we don't know yet. But you want to get him? I'm like, sure. What's the price? Then, because they're already here, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, they're already here doing a concert somewhere or doing an appearance somewhere. And I'm like, hey, yeah, I'll have him, you know? How do you get a hold of them? Do, are they the ones that reach out to you or are you reaching yeah, out to them? Sometimes, sometimes they reach out to you. There's agents. There's, like, there are people in the industry that this is their job. Oh, okay. The word out, and they just you know? know Royal Freak is the biggest promoter in Boston, yeah. so it's gonna reach out. They to do home, okay. they do their homework, or you've walked with them, and you walked with them in the past. Okay. Okay. And they're like, "Hey, Roy, do you know that uh, Josh is gonna be in town this week?" I'm like, is hey. he? I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you want him to your club? I'm like, yeah, sure. How much? Say no more. You know, two dollars. I'm like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a shot. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Two dollars. That's all you want. 
Man, that's, that's more than I've been paid. That's Josh's That's more than I've been paid for appearance. I'll take it. Shoot. Then play appearing and that's it. But uh, that's 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 crazy. I mean, it's just so so. You guys basically keep track of everybody that walks in. Yeah, we do. We have a system in place um, that kind of helps us do that. So oh, from wow. what I heard, you basically you didn't answer my question. There, there is no exit plan, huh? You're gonna do it until the wheels fall off. <laughs> until there's until there's no money coming out. No. <laughs> I mean, at least I, I mean I understand. I feel you. Though, if, if it's something you truly love and you enjoy doing, then why not? No, and but you know, there's, there's things. Uh, you could do other things. You know, necessarily like it's like uh, having different streams of uh, revenue, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, there's a people like I say there are people doing stuff right now as we speak, uh-huh. but you you can put other people in position to be able to do um, um to do a gig for you without you being there physically. Okay. You know, um, the brand can still run without me. You know, as long as uh, you put certain things in place to make sure. I don't know it's like you when you come to Boston, you go to Burger King, you eat number whatever number it is, you make. You're hoping it tests the same way it tests in Kalamazoo. There you go. Right? That's... You go to Burger King? No, she, she, I don't she, eat fast food. <laughs> well, I'm just she, giving, I just give an uh, example. Yeah. That she, I, I get, I get what like, you mean, you know, though. I get what you mean. Judy's just yeah, being slow right now. I'm not being slow. There. I was just being silly. But I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, so that is the plan. So you are that you is. are the point where you make money while sleeping, huh? Yes. So are are you happy with where you are? Have you ever thought of going state, well, like across state lines and all that? No, not really, because um, this is like a, this is like a this is one of those like very few jobs where that's based on who you know, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a very personal thing. It's like I know George. Oh, hey George, we're going to George's party, right? Oh, word. Oh, okay. I know our freak events, so we're going to our freak events party because they know we know what they stand for, kind of thing. Right. Okay. Right? So unless you have such a huge ass budget mm-hmm. that you're gonna do like a national campaign and go on kind of kind of like Coca Cola, <laughs> you know what I mean? Go like, <laughs> like nah. It could be done, but you gotta have some deep, deep, deep pockets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sounds like you're, I mean, you'd have to be a celebrity in a sense at the same time. Yeah, you know. So after I hope after I get off this uh, uh, podcast, you know, you know <laughs> um, uh, people know me. You about to get dressed and go out? No, after I get off this, people. I'm oh, gonna be... of course, people are gonna know you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, you're already famous. We hope you make us famous. <laughs> but uh, no, I feel you though. But so so. Hindsight 2020, if you're looking back right now, what do you think you could have done differently? Nothing. What? Nothing. No regrets, eh? No regrets. No, sir. No, ma'am. No, no, but it's not regrets exactly. It's not regrets exactly. Like, okay, I'm going to ask my cliche question. Everybody always say Now, look back... uh, Back to the to the days before you and Judy partying, what advice would you give to that Roy? Roy that was still working, 
at uh, uh with under James, the manager, you know, just dropped out of college. I mean, just took a long break from college, you know. So, what advice would you give that Roy, so that you know that you hope would get him further right now? But nothing, <laughs> because like, Dang. if you if you change, if I change the arrangement of how things happen. Mm-hmm. Then there's nothing like today. Like then today is now possible. Right, right. Yeah, I think all the things had to align the way they aligned for things to be the way what they are today. Wow. So I like that. That's a that's yeah. an interesting. It's funny because everybody we've had on here always has some advice towards their the younger them. You know what I mean? Like everybody's right. got a, advice to nine year old them, high school them, college them. That's, I think you're our first one that hasn't had no, any. Because they think they feel like they know better now, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah ask him ten years. Ask him ten years mm-hmm. from now. What what advice uh, did you give to that guy who was giving advice? <laughs> <laughs> we get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go. Advice to give that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm mad this is so true, though. <laughs> no, but, you know, there's a lot of things that um, just happen. And sometimes you're just glad they happen the way they happen, whether they're good or bad. Because anything changes, everything changes, right? Anything yeah. changes, everything changes. I like that. Yeah. yeah so, That's so true. Yeah. You can put, a, put it on the shot, Judy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna but give you any credit. <laughs> oh wow! Hey, just, make and, sure, just make sure you say Royal Fake Boston on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, Ronnie, I honestly, in all in all seriousness, I'm super duper proud of you because I I mean you know when you started out, of course everybody's like ah promoter, you know how long can you do that really? Da 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 da. How realistic is that? And to see how big you've become and you've become like a. Uh, a, a man like a, a real not to say that you're wow. a man before but i've known you since you were you know like a teenager wow. and stuff. so to see you be this this big shot you know and still remain humble and still remain grounded it it's something that you know i need to say i, I really am proud of you and i applaud you for that wow well, I, I, I don't have anything Ronnie to say is about speechless this he's never speechless <laughs> No, I'm thinking about this. I was going to say thank you, but that would be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I really do. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. It started off sounding like she was about to throw some shit, which I'm very proud of her because she didn't throw shit again. So that's, that's a, we're moving in the right direction. But, but her face right now, she's like, I just gave a compliment and this is what I'm getting. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> so, so if you have, uh, if people are trying to get a hold of you or they're trying to get, you know, get to hear more about Royal Freak or they're trying to work with Royal Freak or anything of that way, how would they be able to get a hold of you? You don't have to give out your private phone number, I promise. You just give out social media stuff. So you could call me at 781. Let's get it. No, but um, hey, listen, I'm I'm sure I'll be back on this podcast, so they can listen to me. You know, the next time I'm on here, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Kanki you know, over here, we didn't invite you back. <laughs> dropping some, dropping some jewels. Yeah. <laughs> but no, social media, of course, I'm everywhere. Royal freak. Um, 
IG at I am Royal Freak, Twitter I am Royal Freak, uh, Instagram I'm what is it Snapchat I am Royal Freak, uh, Royal Freak anywhere you can find. My website is www.iamafreak.com. Oh, you even have a website? Snap, my bad. That's what's up. Bro, come on, we everywhere. I hear plenty of work. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I just remember one thing. So wrapping, closing up, you said you didn't have any advice for a young royal freak that's, you know, you know, still working with James and all that. What advice would you give somebody that's trying to be a promoter? Uh, I think I just give advice to anybody that wants to be anything like they want to be, you know. Um, just do it, man, you know. If it's never been done before, there is no case study for it. Just, yeah. you know what I mean? Just you hear that word all the time where you just do it. You really just have to do it. Nike. I mean, um, uh, if we follow the things that already been done before, then you, you can't sustain that. Mm -hmm. You can't sustain it. First of all, because people already seen it. If you're going to survive, if you look at anything that has day, mm -hmm. um, when we start with uh, we, talk, we start with Apple's. You start with Google. You start with all these um, Amazon's. Amazon, yeah. These are firsts. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. These mm -hmm. guys did not say, "Oh, um, you know, let me go copy what is it, Alibaba, whatever the Chinese version." Of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those things were not existing at the time. Yeah. So yeah. people are here to create, creators are here to create things that have not been done before. So they can actually yes. take over things, you know. When Steve mm. Jobs came along, I mean, we had we had computers, but they were not sleek. Mm. They were not built the way they were built today, mm -hmm. you know. So I think people just, you don't have to follow a certain uh, method of things or how things are being done. Uh, I think as if you look around, the people that are running the world right now are the first, you know? Yes. They're, first, they're the first ones to do it. Yes. So if you have something and it's scary, that's, I think that's the most, the most scary thing is to start something new that nobody's ever done. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a scary thought, you know, because you're scared to fail mm -hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen because no one has done it. Mm -hmm. You know, and to get the guts to just do it, and not think, almost not think, to just go and do it. I think that requires a lot of courage. And is uh, if somebody comes along and does that, I think it's uh, we ought, ought to be proud of them and wow. give them a lot of uh, just you know, do it. Yeah, just just do it. That's what's up, Ronnie. We appreciate you coming on here, and like you said, you will be back. And if anybody's in the I'll Boston be, I'll area, I'll be back. <laughs> anybody's in the Boston area, make sure you check out his events. They're top notch, everything. He's a man that likes the best of the best, so you will not be disappointed. Sure. Put a in there for you. I need to get paid. If I come, if I come to Boston, though, can I get a can I get like a free entry real quick? I buy my own drink. That's all. I just want to get in for free. Cause y'all talking about. Yeah, I talk about fifty dollars to get in before you even spend money. Like, just get me in. See, see people like you, you don't even like. 
That's not you. That's you. Uh, this, I'm but not his target George. audience. I'm not his target audience. No, you're not. <laughs> but, but you know, George, you know, I, I like you. So, yeah, I got you. I got you one round, one say, round only. Say, <laughs> say no more. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. But on, on, on the real, though, we really appreciate you coming through. We really appreciate you sharing all about you and your journey and all that. And we've truly had a good time. And hopefully you do come back. You already said you're going to come back. So, and for our listeners, thank you for listening again. And it's been a great time. Until next time. Thanks for listening. All right, my man. Nice to meet you both. Take care. Thanks a lot. I am Joshua Sandrali. And your girl, Jay Tessie. You've been listening to IPU Podcast. You can follow IPU Podcast on Instagram. And please make sure you check out our website, www.ipupodcast.com. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another inspiring story. In the words of the great Maya Angelou, there is no greater burden than carrying an untold story. Thank you for allowing IPU to unload your heavy burdens one story at a time. And as always, thanks for listening.